0: Hey, that was, I don't know, less than ideal, but only like a slight degree under ideal. It didn't really matter. In a game like this, you wanted to see maybe somebody who hadn't had minutes yet pop off and show some self-creation. But in this game, uh, it's basically just Chris Boucher. And if that was the guy you wanted to see self-creation from, A, like you're you're a very... Unique type of fan that rocks, of course, and and B, uh, you're disappointed because you probably want to see like OG pop off or or Gary Trent or Scotty or may, maybe Armani Brooks or something like that. But in this game, the Raptors they struggle to score the ball. Chris Boucher, Gary Trent Jr. are the only guys who do it with any type of consistency. The Raptors lose to the New York Knicks 105 to 94, and I tell you this the Raptors are now slotted to play the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round, the 4-5 matchup. The biggest question, I think, regarding this stuff, outside of all the nitty-gritty details that myself and Lewis largely will get into for Raptors Republic, is, uh, will Matisse Tybal play? Is he? Will he be eligible? Is he vaccinated? What's the situation with that? And uh, because, you know, the 76ers... Who knows if he's actually going to be a huge benefit for their game plan when we think about how much he impacts the offense in a bad way and how the Raptors will be able to game plan accordingly to play off of him and load up on guys like Embiid, Harden, Maxi, and Harris. And those are ranked, by the way. Like, Harris is at the bottom. You Game plan for him the least. Uh, Harden is second because he's not Embiid. And, you know, Maxi maybe has a case in some games that he plays a little bit better than Harden, but he's also a guy who attacks tilted defenses a lot of the time, and Harden doesn't have that benefit. Plus, Harden also just doesn't have the activity necessary to attack (laughs) tilted defenses that often, honestly. But anyway, the Raptors are facing the 76ers, who went all in, traded for Harden. They want to win the chip this year. Joel Embiid could very well be the MVP, And uh, you have that to look forward to. There's going to be a ton of stuff on raptorsrepublic.com. Like a ton, a ton of stuff. The YouTube channel, the main site, heaps, heaps, dude. And uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, this game, the Raptors didn't have Pascal. They didn't have Fred. And so what that means from Jump Street is that the half-court offense is dead on arrival. You cannot rely on anybody left to manufacture looks for a team. Gary Trent Jr. is a guy who sometimes he gets like three or four assists in a game. And you're like, yeah, well good passing Gary nicely done. And it's because they run a DHO on the, well, they run like a DHO after they run a primary action. And then the defense is already moved around and he has a nice read in front of him. What does he do? If his DHO is against a set defense, that's loaded up on him because Pascal and Fred aren't on the court and Now he has to playmake for everybody. he's just not creating really good shots because he's not manipulating the defense. Same thing went for OG in this one, who there was a little bit of manipulation and there was a little bit of manipulation from Scotty as well. But those guys don't have, you know, they don't have the same off-the-dribble pull-up stuff that uh, Gary has. Even though both of them made pull-up jump shots in this game, but they both only made three shots apiece. Like, in a game where Pascal and Fred aren't there, OG and Scotty combining for 17 points not not super ideal. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, like you're just not going to find any success there. Chris Boucher coming in and slamming 21 points down the gold of the Knicks, that was awesome. He made the most of, you know, the the transition stuff where he's getting out in the lane, even as a ball handler, just taking the ball up the floor and trying to punch any gap he sees in the half court, getting on the offensive glass if it's available, putbacks, and being one of the only willing three-point shooters on the team. If the ball comes his way, he knows who else is on the floor with him. He's going to hoist that thing. So we hoist that thing. Thad was like a plus 16 because he was one of the only players who was interested in playing any amount of defense. Plus, for the first time, the Raptors decided like, hey, we'll let Thad do the Thadgic stuff, like run split actions and run the dribble handoff sequences above the break where, you know, maybe he can turn it downhill. Maybe you run a baseline cut at the same time as the dribble handoff and let him, let him make decisions heading downhill and, and pass around and stuff. And so that was really good this game. And especially defensively, seeing him keep up with guys like Emmanuel Quickly, that rocks. That's awesome. That's all I want to see. Like, if Thad were to make like four corner threes in this game, that would mean less, than, less to me than seeing him stick with Emmanuel Quickly. Because Emmanuel Quickly and Tyrese Maxey, for example, aren't interchangeable. But they're both very quick, very rapid guards who get to floaters. And there is some overlap there. And seeing Thad, even though quickly isn't as good as Maxi, stick with uh, quickly in this game was like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe in a few days when he plays Maxi on a switch or something like that, he's not going to give up an easy look. Maybe he's not. Maybe he could even get a turnover, right? Stuff like that. Force him and funnel him into tough positions. So that was cool to see. Yeah, OG again, because he's super important. I have a video later this week on Yahoo Sports Canada, wherein I outline why OG will be the uh, X Factor for this upcoming series. And obviously, stars have to be stars, but OG is in the, you know, the awkward position of like, he is between stardom and just an unbelievably high-level role player if you would even call him a role player, right? I wouldn't call OG a role player. So that's why he's, you know, in X-factor mode, because the 76ers, well, I'll explain way more in depth in the video and have visual aids and that kind of stuff, but the 76ers are going to have to play off of somebody. And my guess is they're going to try and get away from OG, and they're going to try and load up on other guys, as they have all season, as every team has all season. And OG, as we saw in this game, some nice downhill decisions, you know, a little bit of isolation stuff, it didn't go great but there's enough there that you say, okay, you live with that. He's just getting back into the swing of things in this game. He does it. And I think it, it's not this game exactly, but it's just his overall body of work. I think will translate as it did against the Celtics. It will definitely translate really well to the playoff atmosphere where the margins are thinner and suddenly a guy like OG who can screen, can shoot, can make decisions as a passer going downhill is involved in more screening actions, is involved in more advantage extension plays or advantage finishing plays than he usually would be because it's not the it's not the regular season anymore. Maybe Kim Birch's minutes are cut way down. And OG is the guy on the opposite end of those little, you know, float passes to the short roll. Maybe he's the guy, you know, taking two dribbles and assessing the floor instead of Kim Birch. And that is something that defenses have to be prepared for. That's something that we didn't see tonight against the Knicks but it's just, it's important. And uh so, yeah, the downhill stuff was good against the Knicks. It was off his own dribble. It wasn't after a screen or anything, but yeah, uh OG was good. Like, well, he wasn't really good. He he was probably, he, if you asked him, like, do you want to go over five from three? Do you want to go three for nine from the floor? He'd be like, no, that's bad. I don't want to do that. And that's, that's probably accurate. He, he, he had a bad shooting night to be certain. And part of that is because he's trying to shoot off the dribble all at once. And he's a, definitively very good set shooter, definitively. But uh, in this game, you know, when he has to try and work it into the pull-up, it hasn't come around yet. And then was the breaks. Scotty, he canned a pull-up three nice and early, but he only took five shots in this game. No free throws either. He was chilling. You know, it, he, he didn't think, obviously, that this was, you know, a game where he could make his case For rookie of the year, he thought, you know what, these guys have already made up their minds. Let me chill, let me relax, get a run in, get a sweat in, make some, make some nice little passes, make some nice little plays. But twenty-one minutes for Scotty in this one, seven points, two boards, five assists, was kind of just going through the motions, and that's all right. And when it comes to like Precious and uh, Armani Brooks, you know Gary, OG, Scotty, Birch, a lot of this is just going through the motions. This wasn't a particularly competitive game like their defensive shell was fine the 76ers shot making talent isn't really that great like this was a game where if the ball funneled to alec burks sure he goes four for seven if it funnels to evan fournier he's two for 11 uh taj gibson is one for four but ob Toppin pops off for 42 points emmanuel quickly has 34 10 and 12 a triple double these are just guys punching at a defense that definitely, if it was fully geared up, could have taken away those two as the main two options. But this is the last game of the season where the Raptors, they're set at number five. The seating changed or had the possibility to change based on how the Celtics played the Grizzlies and the 76ers played the Pistons. It played out straight. Everybody won, and so now it's 5-4 and the Raptors play the 76ers. Same old, same old. And quickly in top and took advantage of some of that, you know, lackadaisical defense, lack of composure, lack of intensity, and just punched these gaps over and over again. And I mean, six of 14 from downtown for Obi Toppin rocks. He had like seven dunks that were so much fun that you're like, wow, I, I can't believe that guy dunked it. And not only that, not only did he dunk it, he turned it into like a double clutch reverse dunk. It's just everything. Those arms go forever. And, uh, you know, I, I want good things for Obi Toppin. I love when players are good at basketball. And he certainly was in this game. You know, him him and Emmanuel, they did their thing. If the Raptors wanted to, could they shut them down? Of course. Of course. But this is the stuff that will fuel the Knicks for years. Because they're like, remember, you know, Emmanuel quickly, 34-10-12. The way we talk, the way Raptors fans like Ben Uso, the, the triple-double game that moved them from... The what would have been the seventh pick to the eighth pick, classic stuff. I, I don't know what the, the implications for the draft are for New York after this, but anyway, yeah. The Raptors they lost this game, it's because they couldn't manufacture offense, and many p- people failed at that. Utah failed at that, uh, Malachi Flynn failed at that, Armani Brooks failed at that. Gary Trent Jr. did mostly his stuff, and that was he, he put shots up and he hit some of them 17 points on 17 shots and 17 points on 20 used possessions. Eh, you know, that's fine. Whatever. You you, you take it, you leave it. it Gary Trent is going to be asked to do this anytime soon. Maybe maybe ever, right? So who cares, really? They lose the game. Who cares? They lost the game. Who cares? There's no repercussions. There's no, there's no consequences. Pascal was sitting on the sideline wearing a toque that said, peace and quiet. And that's what you're going to have. <laughs> Once this podcast is over, but yeah, uh, Reggie Evans award goes to Chris Boucher getting 21 in a game like this, being a big man that he is where your guards, your wings aren't very good at creating for you. And you still manage to just stuff the stat sheet full of your, you know, success. That's classic Chris Boucher stuff. He went to work, found his own way to it, put up 21, even had three assists. He had more assists than Gary in this game. Like you know, it's it's cool. It's totally cool. Uh, yeah. So Reggie Evans Award goes to Boucher. Big shout out to Chris Boucher. Top quicker action comment is from Done Deal quote Forty eight win crew takes it down. Official update comes tomorrow morning. End quote. And uh, Done Deal, what is this? Oh, Done Deal. Did you keep track of uh, the Raptors Republic? roundtable predictions is that who you are because cool then that, that was cool of you to do um the raptors republic uh the writers like in our slack um you were brought up what you did and i can't remember maybe it's like a month ago that you posted it or something but anyway yeah cool thanks for doing that i, I wasn't in those roundtables so uh but a lot everybody else was so like hell yeah uh i guess we'll see the official update tomorrow morning. Thanks for writing in, done deal. Thanks for listening in, uh, listener. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the season. I hope you listened to every single one of these. I did, and I hope you're going to listen in the playoffs. In the playoffs, um, th- they'll be longer, and it'll be more thorough, focusing on fun moments, bad moments. And also on, like, it will definitely lean heavy on analysis. That's kind of my bag. And, uh, you know, I think it'll probably be, it'll probably, it'll well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it'll be the best post-game analysis you can get on the Raptors. And that's what I'm here to do. And that's typically what the Raptors reaction podcast has been since I took over. That's what I aim to do. And that's what it'll be in the playoffs. If you are coming to a place and you say like, man, I want to go to the water cooler tomorrow and kind of, or just know more about the game and kind of what's happening in these games that might not get, you know, as much attention at other outlets or anywhere. Uh, You know, smaller things and important things that get glossed over, they'll probably be focused on here. So it's a unique element of the podcast. I hope you join for that and I hope I make it fun otherwise. Thanks for tuning in all year. Thanks for tuning in tonight. But whether you did it in the morning, or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.